1: Hi, this is Lauren in Chicago. You're listening to Barsa Talk. Hey everybody! Welcome again to Barca Talk. I'm Brian Henderson, speaking to you from Buffalo, New York, and with me, as always, from six hours in the future in Madrid is Gabriel Quiroga. What's up, Gabriel? What's up, Brian? How you doing? I'm I'm doing great. Uh, what's I heard you were at some crazy parties in Madrid lately?
0: Uh, well, yeah. So there's these neighborhood uh, fiestas that go on all summer long in Madrid. So I was there last night till pretty pretty late. So I'm actually just getting started with my day, and especially with the Classico that's going to be on at 10 p.m. local time, it makes for a nice Sunday. How was your weekend? It's
1: It's been great. You know, um, my girlfriend just had a birthday yesterday, so we had a fairly chill day celebrating uh, her birthday. It's her first birthday in Buffalo. She doesn't know a ton of people, so uh, we had a fairly small gathering, but uh, yeah, it's been nice. And I've been uh, I've been nursing, uh, nursing an ankle problem. I got the gout. <laughs> So I've been taking some anti-inflammatories, and I couldn't even drink it all yesterday. So it was, it was a bit of a bummer, but I'm stoked about the, uh, the game later today.
0: Yeah, me as well. I'm, I'm hoping to see uh, how we're going to have our formation, how we're going to play, especially sans Neymar. So we'll be talking about that as well. Yeah, seriously. Well, we have a lot to talk about today, actually. Uh, so since
1: our last episode, Neymar left Barcelona and signed with PSG, as m- most of you probably know. Uh, Barcelona played the Gumper Trophy match with Chapasuense. Uh, the club had their second offer for Coutinho, rejected by Liverpool. Um, but at the same time, Coutinho put in a, an official request with Liverpool to get transferred. Um, And we signed Paulinho from Gongshu Evergrande. Also, as we're going to talk about later, the first competitive Classico, um, by the time you hear this, has been played. And the first leg of the Supercopa. And in the second half of the show, we're going to talk about our reactions. So that's plenty to get into. So I, I, I think we should just go ahead and start the show, yeah? Yeah, let's get started. All right. So we want to start with a couple of things that uh, came in from our listeners. Uh, This first question comes from Ángel in Salt Lake City, Utah. And Ángel asks, uh, can you please tell me who is a better fit for Barcelona, Dybala or Coutinho? Uh, Thank you for doing the podcast and keep up the good work. Viva Barça! So thanks for that, Angel. And I think when he sent in that question, that was about a week ago, there appeared to be a good chance that Coutinho might actually wind up signing with Barcelona, which is still up in the air, despite Liverpool's repeated statements that he is not for sale. And uh, while there have been a few whispers about uh, Dybala here and there, I don't think Barcelona have even made an offer for him. But still, I think it's a good question because at the heart of it is basically asking what kind of player do we think Barcelona needs most right now. So when I compare those two, you know, Coutinho is more of an attacking midfielder and Dybala is more of a front line attacker, like a secondary striker. So for me, even with Neymar gone, I think what Barca needs most is more high end talent in midfield. As we saw in the Suense match, uh, Delufeyu can do a great job in the front three. I mean, of course, he's no Neymar, but nobody is comparable to Neymar really. But he positioned himself well, he played well off of Iniesta, Alba and Messi. So, I mean, if it were up to me, I would take a, a Coutinho over a Dybala. What do you, what do you think?
0: Um, can we have both? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why not, right? <clears throat> yeah, so for me, I was looking at videos before and just kind of reading up some more information. And for me, I think Coutinho would be a better fit just because, like you said, high-end talent in midfield. But I think Dibala is very talented. He could be, you know, a top 10 player in the world, potentially. And so for me, I don't know. For right now, I would say Coutinho is a better fit because he gives us depth. Um, he pushes people down the, the depth chart a little bit. So it gives us a little bit of depth there. But, I'm just really disappointed with this whole transfer saga of what we're doing. I don't think we should buy anybody this summer. I think that we should just stand pat. Everyone knows we have all this money, so everyone is trying to gouge us with the Dembele, with Coutinho, with every, you know, obviously with Paulino. And it's just a really bad summer. Um, And so for me, like the question was presented by Angel, I would take Coutinho. I think Coutinho would be a better fit. I think he would be a good heir apparent to Iniesta for the next coming seasons but i just don't see continuo coming
1: yeah it, it seems to be really up in the air and no one can decide what's going on but uh but yeah thanks again ahil for sending in that question we enjoyed that um now gabriel you have another listener comment from a, a friend of yours about the board of directors what what's your friend's name and wh- what did he have to
0: say so my friend's name is alejandro he's actually a family friend of mine that lives in barcelona and we have weekly discussions on our g chat about barcelona and what would we do differently on the if we were on the board and all this so he, he he sent me an interesting uh, nugget here. He was talking about the Directiva Barca. or he's, Let me read what he said to me. Uh, the Directiva Barca are in the process of screwing the proven Barca style and spirit, more or less. Before Sandro was sell, the players came to Barca, not for money, but for something else. That was when we had UNICEF on our jersey and the Canteras, where most of our players came from. Since Sandro, we sold our shirt, we got rid of the Cantera, and we attract players based on money. No heart. Players who will also leave for money, more money. So obviously he was talking about Neymar in that situation. I agree for the most part with his sentiment. Uh, the only thing is that, you know, with the whole jersey thing, um, we had to do it because we had to get more money, but also the canteras were from the La Manisa. That's the, that's the thing that's failing right now. What are you, what are your thoughts on this, on the Directiva?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, as far as the, the jersey sponsorship thing goes, um, I think it's important to note that Barcelona does still work closely with UNICEF and they do still have a very active foundation with a lot of, and they're even trying to grow it even more through, they have a plan through 2021 to grow the foundation even more and continue to work with UNICEF and continue all of those humanitarian and uh, social projects that the club has going on. They just don't have UNICEF on the jersey anymore because, yeah, they they did a a more commonplace uh, sponsorship deal with uh, Rakuten for this year, uh, for the next couple of years. So it it is unfortunate that, um, you know, we we were one of the last holdouts to do that, sponsor Unicef on the jerseys rather than, you know, just some company that's paying advertising dollars. Um, but you could see how it benefits the club in terms of revenue. And I guess it it doesn't make it as obvious that the club is continuing to work with Unicef. But I, I don't see that as such a bad thing. Uh, and as far as the uh, th- this whole, you know, the, the question about the Canteras and the La Masia. You know, uh, it makes me think of something. So we shared a video after Neymar's uh, move to PSG of a bunch of Barcelona fans and their reactions. And a lot of them felt that Neymar didn't go about it the right way and that he wasn't respectful to the club. And personally, I don't know about that. I mean, you know, I'm not in it I get to have this kind of distance being here in the states but in a lot of ways it looked like a fairly standard move in modern football terms but it's just the kind that we don't normally see at barcelona you know it's strange when a player in the prime of his career decides to leave barcelona because it's such a destination and of course a lot of fans players uh directors thought that neymar was going to be the successor to messi but that's where i see a little bit of denial actually and this comes back to to alejandro's point in terms of loyalty to the club, right, you can't compare Neymar to Messi. There are a lot of reasons that Messi has stayed with Barca for so long and will most likely stay there until he retires or, you know, goes back to Argentina as an older player. And all of those reasons go back to the fact that as a boy, Barcelona saw his footballing talent and took him in when no other club would because he was small and he had a hormone deficiency. But Barcelona saw how great his footballing mind was and how badly he always wanted to win. So they took him on, gave him the hormone treatment he needed, and put him through the youth system, and he's become a legend. You know, Neymar's situation is very different. He came up in Brazil spending 10 years at Santos as a youth player and then the beginnings of his professional career. And Barcelona acquired him when he was already mature and for a lot of money. And that's a very different situation from Messi's. So why would you expect Neymar to have the same kind of loyalty to the club that Messi has or any of those players who came up through La Masia? You know, and now you see with all this difficulty they're having landing Coutinho for Liverpool, for example, right? We wouldn't be in this situation if we had more players of the caliber we need who had been with the club since childhood and had that kind of loyalty developed in them. So, I I mean, I totally agree with Alejandro's point.
0: Yeah, so when we were talking about – when I was talking with Alejandro about this, I was thinking, yeah, you know, loyalty and all this stuff. But you're right. In modern football terms, this is a standard transfer. He – Was weighing his options, got more money and left. The thing for me, though, I just wanted to hear his his side of the story before or after. And we still haven't heard anything. I mean, in the press conference, he said he wanted a new challenge, but you know that's whatever. You know, it's hard for me as a Barcelona fan to see is like you said that Neymar's in his prime and he's leaving to go to PSG, which is a lower quote unquote, to your team, you know? And so there's just a lot of issues going on with the board. La It's just all a mess right now. And yeah, our team is, you know, top five in Europe and is going to hopefully perform pretty well this year and all that. But, you know, we always have to be looking to the future of what's coming in the pipeline to continue that success. Um, When we, when I was reading about more about the Neymar thing, uh, it was all about Luis Figo analogy about how Luis Figo went to Real Madrid in his prime and how uh, Barcelona spent uh, money unwisely, and a lot of fans have that fear that's going to happen again. And again, the board just has no direction. They're, they they offered Coutinho 120, I think 120 million. It's just it's ridiculous, you know. Last year they could have probably got him for 70 or 60, you know. And now they, now they know that we have so much money, everyone's trying to gouge us. But I just think that. Going back to the whole directiva, it just needs a new directiva, and we need to get back to our identity with the La Maiza. That's basically what it comes down to.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think there's a lot of sentiment among all the fans in that direction, and we we totally agree. Shifting gears a little bit, what are your thoughts on the uh, Paulinho signing?
0: I, I, I hate it. I mean, I hate it so much. Uh, He's not even that good I mean that's the thing like uh where wh- when is he gonna play like when is he where is he gonna play that's the other question I, I just don't see it at all. I was watching videos again because I'm like okay maybe i'm I'm really biased because of everything I've been reading on Twitter and on social media about how bad he is, but he doesn't do anything he just plays midfield and all his highlights are like from the World Cup when Brazil won like um you know the early rounds when they were beating teams and he was doing like these back passes and all these things and I'm just like great that's that's not what we need right now so you know he's he's supposed to be a midfielder right so but he's not going to take rakitic's position he's not going to take iniesta's position or busquets so he's going to be riding the bench at 40 million transfer fee it's ridiculous it is completely ridiculous i'm i loathe this decision so much and it's just like is this supposed to be our splash signing seriously like i mean come on i don't think so I don't
1: think it's supposed to be a splash signing. I mean, and honestly, I'm not too familiar with him as a player or his career, but I watched some highlight reels also. I figure, you know, if he wasn't doing too well at Tottenham and went to a Chinese club, even if he has a lot of skill, there might be something in his attitude that just means he really isn't the most competitive player, especially at his age. He's twenty nine. Uh, So he's already kind of moving towards pasture. You know, I certainly don't think he was signed to be a starter or a core part of the squad, but just an extra set of legs, I guess, to come off the bench when needed. You know, I mean, Barcelona does have a fairly demanding schedule at times between uh, three different competitions. But uh, yeah, maybe he's just supposed to be like some extra legs when they need it, giving a little more depth to the midfield. But for that, I, I really think the club absolutely overpaid at 40 million euro you know
0: yeah and it's it's again everyone knows we have all this loot you know and everyone just wants a piece of it and it's ridiculous it's just you know you got to be smart here right you know you gotta it's just like real estate right right Buy low, sell high, right? Not the opposite. Don't be a sucker.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it's like everyone says, you know, when everyone knows you have a sack full of cash, they're going to be <laughs> trying to get you to open
0: that sack up. Yeah, this 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 inspires nothing for me. This is like, you know, it's like almost getting like a new uh, ball boy or something. I don't I don't know. It's just like, what is he going to do? Nothing. Great.
1: Yeah, we'll see how that plays out during during the uh, during the season. And that's the half. We want to say thanks to everyone who's been listening and sending in questions and recording those show intros for us. Please keep them coming. With La Liga starting up uh, this coming weekend, we're going full steam ahead with Barca Talk now coming out every monday talking about club news talking about matches and we want all of you to be a part of the conversation and part of the show so keep sending those emails
0: and voicemails and you can find all our social media channels facebook twitter instagram on our website at barsatalk.net we're always sharing articles of interest to barca fans and show announcements as well so follow us and obviously share the items to fellow barca fans sharing is caring (laughs) yeah and
1: Honestly, you can find everything just on our website. You can just go to Barsatalk.net and all our social media, our voicemail line, our email, it's all there, right? So uh, thanks a lot. Keep listening and keep sharing. Uh, That was just a a brief break. Let's start the second half. (laughs) here we are the the game is over the result was not good uh real madrid beat barcelona in the in the camp Nou first leg of the spanish super cup what i can't even remember what was it three to one
0: yeah three to one so how do you feel gabriel uh i feel disappointed i'm disgusted a little bit just uh uh yeah i I thought there was going to be a, you know, a change in the tactics and the style. And this game reminded me so much of the last three months of last season where we have so much possession, but we don't do anything. And again, I, I, what's up to you? And I said, look at Marcelo. Marcelo doesn't have to play defense. Yeah. Like he was just like rolling up playing as a forward. And that's the thing is that like it's, if we're not going to play a 4-3-3 we have to occupy Marcelo for example and i mean we we need to go through these players today i mean it was just absolutely horrible i think only messi and uh umtiti were the only standouts and everyone else terrible maybe iniesta a little bit but he got subbed out and so well and ter
1: stegen ter stegen made some great saves it could have been a lot worse if not for
0: him exactly and the two goals from madrid uh from ronaldo and um, Asensio were like just pure golosos, so unsavable. But uh, let's. What, what were your thoughts watching the game? Were you?
1: I, I had a few thoughts, uh, just kind of general ideas. But uh, let's let's start with uh, just kind of going over some some player ratings because you were you were keeping your own sort of scorecard during the game. Why don't, why don't we start with
0: that? Yeah, so I'm gonna, I'm just, we're just gonna, we're, we're just gonna do the player ratings for the starting 11. Um, so here we go. Ter Stegen, I would give him a six and a half, seven. Yeah, like you said, he made some saves, but at the same time, um, he wasn't really put to the test so much where he was outstanding. He was just above average. Alex Vidal, three. I mean, absolutely horrible for me um you could definitely tell the talent gap you know these are the top 20 players in the world basically and he's just not able to play lost the ball a bunch of times never made a good cross and just terrible on defense again it's just like he he left ronaldo wide open on a bicycle kick i don't know if you remember that yeah and it's like he turns around he's like oh yeah ronaldo's on the field you know it's just like basic defending these type of things
1: yeah i think on the attacking end he had a couple of promising moments but nothing that he was delivering on
0: yeah and that's the thing is that it, i was i was yelling at the tv at my friend Luis's house i was like alba and vidal they never cross well how many times does it get blocked like you it just gets blocked every time and it, and when Marcelo gets the ball i'm always super scared because he always can get it through you know these are this is becoming you know the same repetition of last season anyway we'll continue um TT uh, I would say eight or even nine. He's, he's, man, he's so good. He's so calm on the ball. He's strong. Um, there was like the one time where he just muscled bail off, turned around, just passed it off. I mean, it's just brilliant. Yeah. I'm really happy to have him in the center. Yeah. Uh, PK, I would say probably a six or five. Unfortunately, he got used <laughs> on the two goals and he had the auto, he had the uh, own goal. So he had, you know, it wasn't his best game. So, um, let's see. Jordi Alba, I would say six, two. But again, he had a lot of dangerous runs. But when it came to the final cross, it just kept getting blocked. And we, we need to have some pressure in there to do something. Um, let's see. Iniesta, I would say six or seven. Unfortunately, he got subbed out, but it's like, He's the only one there trying to make passes, and now he has to do it with Messi, and he just doesn't have that chemistry um, with the other, like with Defalau and all these other guys, and he just was like a by himself pretty much the whole time. Rakitic, I would say a five. Uh, you know, he had some good things, but again, he was exposed again on defense because Messi's not occupying that four-three-three. Sergio Busquets, I would say six or seven. He played pretty well. Um, you know, for the most part, Defalau would say three. It, the opposite. How he played in the exhibition game, he played the opposite of this. Couldn't hold on to the ball. Yeah. Do you think he was, like, nervous or
1: something? It seemed like he didn't know where he wanted to be exactly he always made the
0: wrong choice <laughs> you know like when he was supposed to pass he shot or when he was supposed to hold the ball he didn't you know and it was just like yeah maybe he was nervous but at the same time he doesn't have chemistry yet with Messi and Suarez there was a I remember one time he was on a counter-attack and he didn't know if he wanted to drop it off for Suarez or keep going and then it just became nothing
1: well that was the one where he actually held up rather than charging forward or sending the ball upfield which he should have done because like they had the numbers they had the space and he actually held up and just kind of went lateral and he was I guess maybe waiting for some more people to come come back but I guess he forgot that Real Madrid was also going to do that and and then you know Madrid gets all their men behind the ball and yeah it was nothing yeah exactly
0: and you know that happened a couple of times it's just like how we played against in the exhibition, he looked really good, strong, um, aggressive, confident. He looked the opposite in this. Um, obviously messy for me. Eight or nine. He was the only one that really carried the offense tonight. And Suarez for me was awful. He was probably a five or four. He, I, I, my, my buddy Luis does not like Luis Suarez at all. And we were talking about it today. And it's just like, how many times is Luis Suarez offsides? Yeah. I mean, that's like one of your main jobs as a center forward is to just follow the defender. And not be offsides. And I know this happens very quick, but it's like every time he's offsides. And how many times did he not pull the trigger on a shot? Like it was just like these type of things, you know, that's his job. Like now we need more goals from him even more since we don't have Neymar. And, you know, obviously you got the, the fake penalty that he like dove for, you know, which is great. But, uh, yeah, for me, it's just a really bad overall performance by, by the team. I mean, with tactics, with, with just everything. I mean, Real Madrid made changes, right? They, they had Ronaldo on the bench. They bring him in. He scores. Then gets a red card. They bring us in sale He scores. I mean, they just have... uh They're just rolling. Madrid, I mean, Isco, my God. Like, is this guy serious? Like, he was just... Uh, directing the attack for Real Madrid everywhere. Every time he had the ball in the, third, in the last third, I was getting nervous every time because you never know what he's going to shoot or pass. Yeah, Isco is a real trickster. And I, yeah, they have a really great, great squad
1: right now. And Isco just keeps coming up and making a better and better case to get more minutes uh, ahead of guys who you would assume would get them, you know? Yeah,
0: yeah. He's But again, this goes down to the same thing. It's like, we don't know what we're doing. We don't have a clear plan. How many times was there like six people in the middle of the park on our last third? And there's nowhere to pass because the defense doesn't have to do anything. The defense is all, you know, um, uh, they're all like combined together. So there's no holes, there's no give and goes, there's nothing. And so that just lends to, you know, the tactics again. We have nobody occupying the corners to spread the defense out. And then Messi or Niesta can work their way through the middle. I'm really disappointed because I thought for sure Valverde was going to put a better stamp, either change the formation, you know, do something, but this is this is the same this is the same crap again. It's just like you know Real Madrid is going to do a counter. We're, they are super fast. We're not fast as they are. And on the two goals that they scored at the end of the match, they were both on really really beautiful counterattacks uh where they just took us to to task there. Yeah, well the overall uh I guess arc of
1: of the game was interesting because it started off fairly subdued actually and 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 in the opening minutes uh barca looked to be in control and calm that was when they looked their very best was at the very beginning uh the whole squad was moving as a unit and um and i actually liked the way they were playing in the opening minutes but then madrid started applying more pressure getting more possession and they were dictating the tempo more and like we've already kind of talked about, you know, Barcelona couldn't handle Marcelo's advances and he was operating like another forward and then, you know, Isco too. But I think everything really started going off the rails in the second half, really starting with the own goal from Pique. You know, and then after that, it took them a long time to pick up their pace. And they had a good run of 10 minutes or so when Messi came alive more. But but then after that, it, it just started getting... Chaotic, Like the starting midfield, for example, uh, Iniesta, Rakitic, Busquets. They were staying pretty compact in the middle of the park. Once Valverde made the first midfield change, bringing in Sergio Roberto for Iniesta, uh, the midfield suddenly became really wide open. The overall game plan seemed to maybe be to play through the midfield, but they weren't handling uh, Madrid's pressure in there at all. And honestly, there just wasn't enough movement off the ball not enough of that possession play that we're used to seeing. And, uh, I mean, compared, with, I'll say this at least, compared with uh, De La Feu, at least Denise came off and, like, made a, a good impact. He was making a much better case for himself than De La Feu was. Oh, and then there's the referee. I don't think we can really discount all, all the help the referee gave to Barcelona that they still couldn't take advantage of, including gi- giving a questionable penalty and then ejecting Ronaldo also questionably and yeah they still couldn't couldn't take advantage of it
0: yeah i mean that yeah yeah the spanish referees are the worst they have no backbone here they are the worst they have no support from the from the league and from the higher ups so the players treat them like shit and it's just a really bad situation you you could see that the referee lost control in the last 15 minutes or so but going back to um you know just this 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 style that we're playing, it's just, yeah, we have the ball a lot and that's great, but we don't do anything with it. So would you rather have the possession and not only, you know, maybe have one shot or, I mean, for me, you ha- especially against Madrid, for example, like Sergio Ramos is always on skates, right? Like he's, he's, I think he's a bit overrated as a defender, as like, just as a pure defender. I think he has other intangibles, but you can put him on an island and but you also have to do different things. You have to shoot from outside. You have to go around him. You have to do a bunch of things to to do that. And we just keep doing the same thing, going side to side with no clear um, shots on goal, you know. And it's only when we're pressing. And, you know, I'm just I'm just really – I just thought, like, especially since, you know, the first Classico Miami, and I know that was a preseason, but just goes to show you that uh, Real Madrid wasn't even really trying that game for the most part
1: yeah no on this one they they really came to play and yeah in miami they weren't really putting it forward i'm not feeling super dismal about it though uh even if uh, ultimately you know on wednesday barcelona goes to madrid plays in the brambeo and and they lose or even if they play a better game but uh real madrid winds up winning the super cup I'm, i'm still not feeling totally dismal about it i think that there is still a possibility for Valverde to, you know, institute more changes. Uh, I think that losing Neymar has... Um, I don't think that it's a death sentence. A lot of people seem to feel that way. Um, but I do think that it definitely requires some uh, creative readjustment, uh, establishing new chemistry, kind of like you were talking about. You know, the the, there, the lack of chemistry is visible. Uh, at least it was today. So finding ways to develop that over time that's that's a project Messi Suarez Neymar they had incredible chemistry but they didn't have it at first it didn't take them long to get it but once they got it they were off and running and you know they were they were what they were um but now that's over <laughs> so something new has to has to emerge but you know that sort of thing takes time and it's a question of you know are we looking at a, a more a more rotated front line rather than the the consistency that you had with the MSN lineup or, you know, is Paco going to start getting more playing time and along with Delafeu and Denny's is there going to be some rotation there is Suarez going to play less of course Messi is always going to be starting that's a given right and probably for good reason because he is still what he is but you know he can't be him without without more support around him
0: yeah uh, I mean I think like I was telling you right before we we were recording I said if you are Coutinho or you know Dembele you're just like yes uh now Barcelona's going to be more desperate now especially after being humiliated like this at home 3 to 1 looking very just vanilla all across that Barcelona's going to be more desperate to pay a higher transfer fee which is the worst case that could happen So going forward, I mean, like I said, obviously I'm hoping that maybe, you know, maybe Valverde is like, okay, this is how, this is what's going to happen if you don't change your tactics. Maybe telling the board, look, let me have control of the team. Let me change. Because again, you don't know what's going behind the scenes. You don't know if the board is um, telling them they have to play this certain style because that's the Barca way. And Valverde is like, look, I'm the man, you know, you don't know what's going on. I'm hoping that he kind of, you know, is showing the board like, this is the team we have. We don't have that much talent. We need more talent or we need to change the formation. And like you said, I like having Paco Alcázar and Luis Suarez up front as the two forwards. I mean, why not try that? I mean, we have Paco Alcázar is a very good forward. He's been in the La Liga for a while scoring goals. So it's not someone that's uh, unproven. So I, Yeah, I
1: mean, that it would be out of the ordinary for Barcelona. But, you know, it might be, it might be time for that.
0: I mean, to think, about, think about the last important games that we've had against Juventus and Paris and Real Madrid. And it's the same playbook. They press high, we get down early, we possess the ball, we don't really score a goal. They frustrate us. They counterattack and they kill us. I mean, it's the same thing, you know, and it's like how do you, you know, right? What's the definition of an insanity doing the same thing over and over trying to get the same result, right? So, it's like it's like come on now. Like if, you know, Obviously, we're not. I don't think we're going to have problems with, like we said, with Betis or, you know, Malaga, like these type of teams. But we have to be with Madrid if we want to win the league and Champions League. And they're the top right now. So we have to do something different, drastically different. And what made it worse, too, is every time I watch the game at my friend Luis's house, it's a real Madrid neighborhood. So every time everyone's screaming, you know, like... You know they enjoy you know they're having fun and i and my friend Louise and I are just bitter, you know <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, well,
1: getting back to my uh maybe foolish or naive optimism, but i i'm not I'm not feeling totally dismal about it just yet, uh because it's it's still so early they they do have a lot of work to do, uh they don't have as much uh talent right now as Real Madrid that's true but um we do know that Valverde is a good manager we do know that we have we have some talent and we know that Valverde can um maximize what he has at his disposal he did it for years at at Athletic Bilbao he got great results from from them uh even when he didn't have the most talented players you know he had some top players and and a, but a lot of not so top players and he got really good results with them you know considering that uh, i don't think that we can expect barcelona to well what we don't want is for barcelona to wind up being like an athletic bilbao you know we don't want them slipping in the table down to like third or fourth place obviously and i don't think that's going to happen but if we want to really compete in europe in the champions league and if we want to win if we want to win la liga then uh obviously some things need to change and improve from what we saw today but i i am at least i don't know again maybe it's foolish but i think i'm 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 optimistic that it could still happen that like these improvements could take place and of course you know like you said there there could still be some some more signings of some good impact players but then again Uh, As far as like when we talk about how much money we're shelling out for them, it's going to be ridiculous because one, now, like you said, everyone knows we need it. And two, everyone knows we have the money. So, I mean, that could be a real recipe for disaster. So, I mean, I honestly think it would be better to just stay with what we have at the moment and um, I don't know, have faith in Valverde. Let him let him really manage the team, and, you know, he could do great things. I mean, remember Guardiola's first season, they lost the first number of games, and then he started getting them working together, and uh, and they won a treble that year. Uh, so, you know, crazy things can happen.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess it's just, you know, your Real Madrid right now is just a juggernaut. You know, um winning two back-to-back Champions League, which has never been done, and the way they did it, I mean, that's so impressive. And so right now they're just rolling, even though, you know, obviously aesthetically they're not the most pleasing team to watch because it's just up-the-middle powerful. But Zidane has them working so well. And you saw the moves that he made today. They immediately make impact and they produce. And so, you know, we're striving for that level. We used to, they used to be striving for us, and now we have to strive for them. And we just look, like I said, we just look like we have no direction right now. And we have to, we have to change the 4-3-3 in some sort of way. We need to maximize, you know, our midfield, the possession, also being dangerous up front, you know. And so, maybe we should have Paco Alcazar and Luis Suarez as the tandem up top, Messi behind them, and then the rest of the team. Playing like that because you saw Messi. Messi never goes to the right corner anymore. He just goes up the middle making the passes because that's what he wants to do now, which is fine. Let's, I'm all for it. You know, if that makes him happy, great. But we need to get goals to, and we're not Suarez keeps getting off sides. And if we move Suarez to the right side and Paco on the left side, then all of a sudden we have two really good, powerful forwards that are going to be pressing up and then Messi's going to have more room. Again, this is just hypothetical, tactical stuff that I'm dreaming of. Obviously, I'm not a professional. But this is just, you know, like I said, the last major games that we've had to play, it's the same thing. I mean, just think about the PSG game. They did the same thing. They maximized their opportunities. Juventus, the same thing. Real Madrid in the last Clasico did the same thing. So it's just kind of, you know... Yeah, you're you're the optimist, I guess I'll be the pessimist. So we'll go Will you be the yin and I'll be the yang, right? So Yeah, we complement <laughs> each other. I mean,
1: I I again, I don't want to get too, you know, down in the down in the mouth about it, but it could just be like you're saying, you know, there was a time not too long ago when Barca was the team. They were the top team, like unbeatable, all the talent in the world, best manager, best results everywhere they went. And Real Madrid was aspiring to that. And now we're in kind of the opposite situation. So, I mean, maybe this is the natural ebb and flow of of football. You know, every every team is kind of on their own wavelength going through their periods of uh, feast and famine. And, uh, you know, a lot of times they uh, contradict each other. So we might be in more of a Real Madrid era right now but it doesn't change the
0: color of my jersey. Yeah, yeah, true, true. Mine either, mine either. But it's just, you know, it's just like uh, uh, the game. You know, I just – I don't mind losing, you know. Like I can take a loss, but I just hate losing like the way we played tonight, you know, where it's just kind of – I don't know. Like we just looked so vanilla. We didn't like – you know, just – I don't know. There's something missing, you know. Like – um and I just get – I don't like losing that big either, especially Ronaldo scoring like the way he did and the way he celebrated, which I thought was hilarious. There was a lot of good memes on Twitter with uh the simpson's grandpa where he walks into the bar, drops his hat, then turns around and comes out. It's basically like what Ronaldo did, right? He comes in like at the 82nd minute, scores like in the 83rd, and then gets a red card in the 84th. It was just like Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's such a good gif. I love it because it's just like the, you know, the grandpa Simpson coming into a bar, hanging his hat, then turning around just leaving the bar right away. So That's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, that was pretty much Ronaldo's uh performance tonight. And plus he's going to miss the next game and he'll probably miss another two or three games because he pushed the ref. So that was really Yeah. That was really amazing. He's gonna pay for that. Yeah, one. yeah. Again, another reason why how do you even like this guy? Like the guy is such oh my god. I mean he's so talented, but still like, Messi would never do that. You know what I'm saying? He would never like push the ref like that as I mean, maybe in, when he was in Argentina because of what happened, but but still like I just Well,
1: you know, I don't know. There's all there's all different kinds of people in the world and all different kinds of players and uh all different kinds of fans I, and I think that in general yeah you're uh, unless you're born into it your Real Madrid fans tend to be the ones who are uh, more into physical violence <laughs> <laughs> not
0: to say that there aren't Barcelona people who, who are like yeah. that but so we'll see we'll see what happens on Wednesday the game is going to be super important um, not I mean obviously it's going to be nearly impossible to pull this uh, super Copa victory I mean obviously have hope. But I'm just curious to see what overhaul changes happen. Does Vidal get the start? Does, um, Dennis Suarez get the start? Um, we need to do something dynamic and different just to even throw it out there and try. Because yeah, if we lose, great. But if we can do some sort of dynamic change or introduction to a new formation, that's, it's the time to do it. You know, it's a good testing ground, especially before La Liga starts. Absolutely. All right,
1: let's, uh, let, let's, let's turn to the uh, the match with Betis. Okay. So this Sunday, uh, La Liga begins against Real Betis, a club who have been in the Primera Division for the last three years and six of the last seven uh, with a lot of inconsistency. But uh, they've been making a push to be a greater contender in the league, making a couple of key signings this year that they hope will make them a threat, looking to stay mid-table or, even better, looking to compete in Europe. Uh, this summer, they actually signed uh, Cristian Tello from Barcelona. Even though he hadn't played in the blue and red since 2014, he had been on Barcelona's books this whole time. Uh, he was on loan to Porto and uh, most of the time with Fiorentina. But his contract with Barcelona is now officially over and he is at Betis actually playing at the club who holds his contract. Uh, honestly, I always liked Teo, and I had high hopes of seeing him develop at Barcelona. So I'm going to be rooting for him to have a, a good game, but not too much. Yeah, uh, so this course, is going to be the opening game. I'm is, curious. Is um, I'm not well really worried win.
0: about these home games against mid-tier teams because we usually do pretty well at home. Uh, we. Usually, I'm just more curious when we play at Betis. So, Betis is in Sevilla. It's in the south of Spain. Betis is the uh, stepsister kind of club to Sevilla. That's their biggest rival. Um, Betis has a long history in Spanish uh, football, but they were out of the Premier for a little bit. But again, yeah, they are um, an important team. And if they're good, it helps La Liga, for, for sure. Um, they did make some key signings. So, I'm curious to see how they'll do. But they're always in the shadow of Sevilla, especially in the last six to seven years with Sevilla, winning uh their um Europa Cup uh champion stuff and and also Sevilla performing really well in Europe um so I'm curious to see how Valverde preps the teams against these mid-tier teams because that's where we lost the league last year uh, the games at at Malaga at Sevilla you know these type of games where we're we're better talented wise but when we go to their stadium for some reason um, we just don't perform well. So I'm excited for the league to start, obviously. It's just, you know, it's August, and it's kind of just everyone... We'll be back here in Spain from vacation, and the buzz of La Liga will definitely start up here.
1: Yeah, and the first seven weeks or so of Barca's La Liga schedule is, um, I wouldn't say easy, but not too threatening. Um, the lower, lower table teams that you, you know, that's where you normally find them, which I think puts them in a really good position to get the campaign off to a good start. You know, in those first seven weeks, I was just looking over the schedule. Probably the biggest threat will be Espanol, but otherwise, they're going up against Alaves, Getafe abar Girona, las palmas you know these are teams that like you were saying last year they caused some problems at times for lucho and the men but i'm optimistic that we're going to see a, a new energy in the squad this year uh, thanks to valverde and all of those matches where we lost the league last year those matches that really ought to be that
0: really are should wins turn out to actually be wins exactly i mean the most important thing is coming out strong you know especially um with real madrid being as you know playing very well as well so we have to start strong off the gate you know and also yeah i would say espanyol's the the most tricky uh because that's a derby um, but the other teams, I'm not too worried about maybe Las Palmas. If that's, I'm not sure if that's home or away. If it's away, that could be a tricky, uh, match because Las Palmas is a decent team. They played decently last year and they get up for the big games. They play, uh, really well. Like last year, they almost beat, uh, Real Madrid. They gave Real Madrid a big problem and they play well against us as well. So they have some talented players, but for the most part, I think they should come out the start with all those victories and hopefully, you know, we're not we don't really have a new team per se and hopefully with valverde's direction it'll be more tactical and we'll be able to use the bench a little bit more already at the beginning i mean i don't see why you can't just start rotating already um some you know some some players to get some playing time and so forth but most importantly i think that we'll start off strong get some wins and have a good start to the campaign yeah absolutely (laughs)
1: Well, that's it for now. We're in full swing for the season, so catch us next Monday. Actually, we put up the show on Sunday night, so if you're really anxious, you could get it on Sunday night. But next week, uh, we'll keep on with whatever transfer deals have been done. We'll talk about the outcome of the Supercopa, the Betis match, and we'll look ahead to La Liga match day two, which will be against
0: Alaves. Again, find our social media stuff and be part of the show by going to Barca talk Net. I'm Gabriel Quiroga.
1: And I'm Brian Henderson. Thanks for listening to Barca
0: Talk. Bisca la Barca. Bisca Barca.